Genzi's relationship with cannabis is complicated. While the CBD and THC industry was heralded to be a major economic enabler for the island, legal red tape has ended up strangling it at birth. Major industry bodies have moved off-island, taking their business with them. Meanwhile, the island's budding medicinal cannabis market continues to morph into a multi-million pound enterprise. With concerns about diverted prescriptions continually being raised, and an island now flooded with cannabis, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly what is going on. Deputy Mark Ledbeater is a member of HSC and figurehead in the cannabis industry. He sat down with me to clear up the myths around cannabis and share his positive thoughts for the future. So I thought the first question to ask is kind of um, your involvement in the industry. How, how have you been involved in cannabis? Why has your interest been in that particular realm of uh, a topic of conversation? Well, I mean, cannabis kind of, kind of found me, really. Um, I was approached by a group uh, looking to... Because basically, Guernsey set some signals out. We changed our legislation to allow people to come here and set up businesses to, to cultivate cannabis. Yeah. Um, so there's various different companies eyeing up Guernsey as, um, as a good jurisdiction perched on the edge of Europe to be able to set their businesses up. Um, I was, I've spoken to many people. Um, I, I can't put... A number of companies yeah. that I've spoken to over the, over the last few years that wanted that were interested in setting up and, uh, and cultivating cannabis, etc. In Guernsey, um, one company, one one organisation, a group group of individuals in particular, um, want to be come on board. We yeah. share the same kind of uh, vision for how it could work. Is this the House of Green? This is the House of Green. Yeah, which, okay. which, which is now the House of Green. It was just a group of people. Right. Okay. Start, and now it, it then went on to become the House. Of yeah. Green. Um, but I mean the, um, that business, the House of Green, is moving off island. Not, they've not been uh, a licensed entity for yeah. a couple of years now because of the issues involved in moving product off of Guernsey. Yeah, Guernsey, Guernsey, but, but kind of stole a march on everybody else in the, in the British Isles. To be honest, when yeah, we came out. We've got people like T- Tina Bowling from Celebrated Limited. She, yeah, she's what I would say is the, the pioneer for cannabis in Guernsey. I mean, with, with that, without Tina and the work that she's done. I don't think we'll be in the position that we are now. Um, but we signed an MOU. Uh, Guernsey had to sign a memorandum, memorandum of understanding with the Home Office in the UK to be yeah. able to issue um, licenses to grow medicinal cannabis, yeah. which is the high strength THC, which hasn't been grown in Guernsey. Yeah. Um, because our previous regime was, was CBD only, which is uh, low THC. Yeah. So um, the MOU was designed and was drawn up in collaboration with. Guernsey authorities, health and social care, with not me being involved because yeah. I was um, a director of a, a, a licensed cannabis company. Right, time. okay. So I was conflicted with that, and um, so it was the rest of my colleagues in HSC, um, PR, and uh, Home Affairs, and they established this MO, MOU. Now, the problem, the only one problem I can see really, the biggest drawback with the MOU, yeah. is it was supposed to provide us with. Um, a route to market for CBD products from Guernsey. Yeah. Uh, because it's always been an issue getting licenses to, to move products around off the island. Unfortunately, that didn't materialise and the MOU kind of made it more difficult. Right, for okay. Us in many respects, which meant that CBD cultivation in Guernsey was no longer viable. Right, okay. So we've gone from probably 12, 14 license holders across the Bailiwick yeah. uh, growing CBD to none. Because it did look like we were we were racing forward at one point. Yeah. It all seemed incredibly positive. It, it did, um, but the, the MOU brought 
um, it, it, it did enable us to be able to issue CDPN licenses. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't enable us to. It didn't enable the current CBD industry to, to, to flourish. It, it, um, it kind of put paid. Right. The okay. There was, there was initially in Guernsey, we had we had all these licensees quite happily growing yeah. CBD. Um, where there was uh, there was uh, an accepted minimum standard for security. Yeah. That was an eight foot eight foot chain fence. Yeah. Uh, that, that was that was um, that came about by meetings with the then uh, law uh, the the law enforcement representative. Um, I'm trying to think of his title. It was the crime reduction officer. Yeah. Okay. At the time. Uh, with planning and with Ed Freestone, he was the chief yeah. pharmacist. So that was the level of security, and that message was sent out to the industry. Um, you, you know, your eight-foot fence with your uh, your cameras and your motion sensors, yeah. etc. So, but when the MOU was signed and the Home Office came along, the Home Office had to sign from the licenses, and the Home Office said, "No, an eight-foot chaining fence is unacceptable. You need more." So all of the level, all all of the security levels that we've been working to in Guernsey were completely. It's the, you tore up the book. Yeah. So that to start again. So the, the difference is in Guernsey, we kind of differentiated between low strength um, CBD yeah. and high strength, high THC cannabis. Yes. There's two levels. One, one is um, there's, there's a different level of risk posed by each. Yeah. The difference is with the UK is they don't differentiate. No, okay. CBD exactly the same as THC, which made it completely unviable for anybody to continue growing CBD in Guernsey. So unfortunately, we're in the situation where we are now, where our potential uh, lucrative CBD market is, is falling away. Was that, did people see that situation coming? Because surely the... Uh, no, no, I mean the thing is that it's been a challenge. Everywhere in an industry like this, especially when something that's quite controversial like cannabis, yeah. they're, they're, it's like waiting through treacle trying to get things done, and there's, there's obstacles whichever way you turn. But, you know, everything has been, um, we, we've been able to circumnavigate all these problems, we've been able to get over the hurdles that we've placed. And when I say we, it's the collective we, it's the industry. I'm not saying yeah. we, it's the council of it's the industry. Um, but the signing of the MOU, we, we, we were told, everybody was told, every license holder was told yeah. by the authorities that yes, this will give you the ability to be able to yeah. move your products. And you'll be fine as you are. And you'll be fine as you are. Um, but that didn't happen. Why did the MOU have to be done? To issue it because Guernsey is not a signatory to the international conventions like the 1961 Single Convention on Narcotics, but the right. UK is. So for us to be able to trade internationally in these areas, we yeah. have to either be a signatory to, to that convention or have that convention extended to us by someone who is. Okay. Which is going to be a signatory of Guernsey. Right, okay. But, so we have that extended to us via the MOU with the Home Office in the UK. Right, okay. And that was, I suppose, that sounds like it was then the death knell for, the, for both arms of that industry then? Yeah, well, I mean, we've got, there's, there's three licenses been issued for, for medicinal cannabis. Yep. Uh, one for celebrated limited, I mentioned four and another couple of others. And is um, this to produce? This is to produce, yeah. This is, um, they've got completely different business models. Each yeah, okay. One of them, but they're all looking to produce uh, high strength medicinal cannabis yeah. and eventually take that to market. Yeah. But there's a process you need to go through because we've got the MOU with the Home Office, Guernsey would also need an MOU with the MHRA, the Medical yeah, okay. and Healthcare Regulation, Regulations Authority, to be able to, um, because once once you've been issued your license from the Guernsey authorities, you have yeah. to go start, begin the process of MHRA approval. Yeah, okay. Now that can be a, a two, three year process, Yeah. Uh, but without that approval, you cannot take a, a pharmaceutical product to market. These yeah. are classed as pharmaceutical products. So it's very, very 
um, high level yeah. um, of, um, of compliance that you need with, with many, many different, um, different standards. So it sounds like there's a lot of red tape. I mean, is this still going to be the case for a while? I, I think so. Um, I, I, I think it's slowly moving in the right direction. I think the licensees that we've got will um, certainly, some of them will, will um, be very successful yeah. eventually. Um, it, it will take time. Yeah. And, and in, you know, it, it takes time and there's no return. There's a hell of a lot of investment that's got to go yeah. in before you start to see any return. This is why it's a very um, high risk yeah. in that respect. Because it sounds like, I mean, I won't go into too many of the stories, but it sounds like some people got their fingers burned. It means some people have had to leave the island, all that kind of stuff for businesses that we've talked about moving off. Um, is there anything that Guernsey could have done differently to, to have done this better? Um, I think bringing the industry along, along with the, um, the, the authorities would have helped because the MOU was, um, was put together, was developed in association with Guernsey authorities and the UK authorities, but completely absent of any input from the industry at all. Yeah. Now, it was unfortunate because there was many, many companies in Guernsey with experts in the field from, from the United States, from Canada, etc etc they've been there right at the start when they developed their regimes and they could have had some valuable free yeah. input to be able to make this more um, business friendly yeah but unfortunately that didn't happen because if the industry had seen sight of the draft MEU, they could have raised the concerns and said oh, hang on a minute this is going so who fed into the MOU in the first place as far as advice goes on it because no, someone no, would no need to from industry. nobody from industry whatsoever in Gertrude so where was the expertise? There must be. Is there no expertise involved? There was no expertise at all. It was it was internal government um, civil servants dealing with UK civil servants. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I mean. From two very historically quite conservative jurisdictions, I suppose. Very conservative jurisdictions. I mean, certainly in the UK. Well, the problem we've got, I think, in the UK at the moment is we've got a conservative government, um, and their kind of. Their, their thoughts and, and, and their position on cannabis doesn't align with what we're trying to do in Guernsey. Yeah. Um, so that's, this is where the problems lie. Um, we've been told, I mean, clearly we, we, we looked at last, last July, there was um, a resolution in the States to, to look to scope out the change in the legal status of cannabis to open up to yeah. what people say could call a recreational issue. might call it out of use, but people call it recreation. Tennis yeah. is recreation to me. You know, not cannabis, <laughs> but anyway, people call it recreational cannabis. Now the problem we've got is that we've had pushback from the Home Office in the yeah. UK uh, because of our, our, our plans in this area. Yeah. Um, and we're always going to have that while we've got a Conservative government in yeah. the UK. Because, um, and clearly from the PNR's recent reshuffling of the, of the government work plan, that, what you're talking about there, that cannabis looking, to, uh, looking at the, the legalisation or the possible routes to how it is um, deemed in the island, that's been kind of cut out. Yeah, well, they've, um, they've recommended, I mean, PNR's offices of external relations have, have, have been the, the group that's been dealing with the Home Office in the UK, that's their job. Yeah. Um, so we've had information that's coming back to us. It, it's been put in the too difficult to do trade. Yeah. Um, and I can understand why it is at the moment. And we, it's health and social care, because we, we, when, the, when the, um, the news first broke that um, PNR wanted to yeah. Push push um, the cannabis scoping into pipeline, which means into next term. Yeah. Um, we haven't discussed it as a committee. We're getting a few people from the media asking us our individual positions. Yeah. And um, it's disappointing. To, yeah. To, to read this in, in in the news that this was happening without the committee being fully appraised and without the committee discussing it. Yeah. 
The committee has discussed it, and, and we have come to a, an understanding now that you talked about our current medicinal cannabis yeah. regime before. Yeah. We're aware that there, there's some changes that need to be made to that regime. So what yeah. we decided to do as a committee for the remainder of this term is we'll agree, yes, okay, go to the scoping of, of urban legal states of cannabis, we'll put into the pipeline. Yeah. And what we'll do now is we'll concentrate on what we've got in Guernsey and try and tidy up and make it far more effective and uh, far more equitable. Because what, I mean, the situation in Guernsey at the moment seems quite messy. Well, I mean, we've got... 1,500, 1,600 cannabis patients in Guernsey yeah. that are legally accessing medicinal cannabis via either one of the online clinics or, or yeah. one of the UK clinics. Now, um, that, that amount doesn't surprise me. No. I mean, we know, I mean, surveys tell us that there are thousands of people across the Bay of Guernsey that use cannabis illegally, yeah. um, regularly. Yeah. So many of these people, uh, sensible people, will, yeah. will want to be able to uh, legalise that use. Go down <laughs> the legal route for it, exactly. yeah. Exactly, they don't want to bang on their door and the police turning up and then to get prosecuted for the, if they can do something legally. Yeah. So um, I can understand the people that are, you know, that they want to go down the medicinal cannabis route. And, and I think the, that the 1,500, 1,600 patients that we've got are going to continue to climb and climb. Do you think that seems it seems like it should just be legalised as, a, as, a, as something that we can use. Yeah, of but, course I do. It, it, it's become silly. Because this situation is silly. It is silly. I mean, you, can go, you go to the doctor every three, four months, whatever, for a consultation, you pay between uh, 45 and 145, I think. It's yeah. Various that they've told the different, different tariffs are. Um, and, it, and you pay for your medication and you pay for a month's worth of prescription. This amounts to hundreds of pounds yeah. every month. For people to have to find. Now, this um, it kind of encourages diversion. Yeah. Because you become there's become the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. It's the have prescriptions and the have-not. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there are many people out there, uh, and I do not condone this. In yeah. The of, do not condone a diversion of any medication. But there are many people out there. I believe. Yeah. Who can't afford their prescriptions, so they're selling part of it to fund. I'd be naive to say that that isn't happening. We've all, I mean, I've heard second-hand reports of that all the time. I mean, that clearly is a, is a building situation in the sure, island. But, but the one thing I think we need to put into context yeah. is the diversion of prescription medication has been a massive problem in Guernsey for many, many yeah. years. And it's taken many people's lives. Yeah. You know, very, very strong, addictive, um, lethal medication has been diverted. I can think of half a dozen people in an instant... That have, that have lost their lives due to diverted prescription medication. Yeah. Not cannabis. No. Because cannabis is not lethal. There's no such thing as a lethal dose of cannabis. No. But so if you're getting diverted drugs. We're, we're getting diverted drugs. We're diverted drugs have been a problem in Guernsey for, for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, and now we've got a less harmful but um, more sought after yeah. like cannabis, uh, which is being diverted. I, 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 it's, it's, um, if we had an adult use regime, as you would see in California, yeah. or Canada, and as you will see in Germany very, very soon yeah. in the Czech Republic, there will be no need for diversion. And if you look at no. the statistics in, that are coming out of Canada, because Canada, Canada introduced their regime in October 2018, and if you look at Canada's National Cannabis Survey each year, it, it shows you the, the statistics. It shows you that the young people are, there was something like 19, 20% of our youngsters between 15 and 17 that used to use cannabis yeah. pre-legalisation in Canada. Yeah. That's dropped to 10%. You know, the statistics don't lie. The, 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 the amount of um, uh, youth uh, interaction with law enforcement in Canada is dropped. Yeah. It's, um, 
I mean, I, I can anecdotally see it locally. I mean, somebody came to me only recently, a lady talking about her son. Her son was always in trouble. She was either always picking him up from the police station or yeah. from a &E at the weekend. He was out boozing all the time. And, yeah. Um, he found medicinal cannabis. He doesn't smoke alcohol. Uh, doesn't drink alcohol anymore. Doesn't no. smoke tobacco anymore. And he's running his own business quite successfully. So there, there are a lot of people that are getting social and um, and, and many other benefits, medicinal benefits from from, from the, the introduction of our regime. But you're right. It, it needs it needs sorting out. Like, from my mind, they're, 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 I know there's people that people that I've spoken to. There's a guy that's recently retired that lives down the road from me. He's um, he's been in a, a physical job all his life. Yeah. He's got aches and pains all over the place. And yeah. He used cannabis years ago, back in the sixties. Yeah. And he knows that cannabis would help him, but he can't afford it on his pension because he cannot afford no. upfront each month a that. few hundred pounds. It, it just can't be done. Which which it, it's not equitable. So there's a lot of people that are playing the system. Yeah. by diverting their medication just so they can afford theirs. So, but there's other people that would really benefit from cannabis that can't afford to access it. So we need to try, we need to try and square that circle. Um, HSC are going to attempt to try and make some changes. Yeah. You also mentioned before about Guernsey not making uh, any money out of it. Well, this is it. A part of it clearly is that going down this route, would it not be better if this could be a taxable something that we could... Of course, of course it is, yeah. I mean, this is something that we look at because... Um, at, the moment, at the moment, there are there are medicinal cannabis companies that are operating in Guernsey that are making an absolute fortune. Yeah. Guernsey taps into that to the tune of twenty percent when it comes to tax. Yeah. Um, a, a corporation tax, but yeah. cannabis companies are top rate twenty percent tax. Um, I don't need. To, I'm not going to comment on on who's making what. Yeah. Um, yeah. Various different businesses. That's that's not for me to say. But I do think there's a revenue stream there that Guernsey could tap into. I do think that we could change it. I think we need to collect more data. But I, I had, I told you before, because I was conflicted, I was not allowed to have any involvement in de the development. Yeah, of course. But I did say to a senior civil servant, off the record, right at the time, look, I know that I'm not allowed to have any involvement. But yeah. if I was doing this, I would have all of the cannabis medication dispensed from hospital pharmacy. Yeah. That way, because that's where the money is. The money's in the dispensing of the product, not in, yeah. not in the consultation, not in anything else. It's the dispensing of the product. So Guernsey could have tapped into that revenue stream. And not also we been tapping into that revenue stream. We have sites of who's picking how much medication up every time. We know. We collect the data. Yeah. We see these people. We know that so-and-so so is getting X. And we've got that data. And as a government, we need to have that data. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think we're really missing a trick there. And that's something that now that... Um, the business I'm involved in is, is no longer cultivating cannabis in Guernsey. There's no, no plans to cultivate no. cannabis in Guernsey. Um, I'm no longer conflicted. So I, I, I'm allowed to have input into, into cannabis-related matters, matters on HSC. And um, I, I, I would love to see the, the, the businesses that are operating in Guernsey, the various different licence Come back. I'd love to see them come back. Yeah. And, and, and I think one day they will. I think the vast majority of them will operate again in the cannabis sphere. Yeah. I think it's a few years down the line just yet. Um, we need We need things to change in the UK for us to be able to, um, well, to put it this way, we don't really know what's happening with the UK government from one minute to the next. No, but, I mean, it's a bit we, of a mess we, at the moment. After the we, we, we could have a coalition with the Dems and yeah. Lee, for example, which would um, completely change the, the, the outlook. The landscape would be completely different yeah. tomorrow to, 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 what, to what it is today. I mean, and, and that, that's when the, um, you know, the legal status of cannabis piece of work can yeah. be picked up again. Well, I suppose then, but we still have to rely on our own government 
for becoming, I suppose, more liberalised in that yeah. way. Well, if you, if you look at the numbers from the debate last term, yeah, uh, not, sorry, last year, I think there was there was there was quite a majority, yeah, people, uh, and there was five or six absent, and like, out of those five or six that are absent, there was two or three of those that definitely would have supported us as well. So the numbers are there, yeah, okay, the numbers are definitely there because we've got we've got on one side of the, the house, you've got the left and the right. We've we've got the the left is pretty much supportive of of, of what we're trying to do. Yeah. But then again, on the right-hand side, you've got a lot of business people yeah. who understand the, the, the price of things and they can see other jurisdictions making a pretty penny out of this and want Guernsey to do the same. Yeah. I think we're coming to a bit of a consensus now that um, it's, this should no longer be the elephant in the room. This should be something that should be addressed properly. Government needs to take this seriously. Um, we've got millions and millions and millions of pounds yeah. spent annually on medicinal and illegal cannabis. Well, so we need we're to, not we need getting a piece of that pie. I mean, we talk. I mean, event is the eventual aim. I suppose would be preferable is full legalization as and um, in the same way that alcohol is is regulated and looked after. Yeah. Um, but how far away do you really think that is? Well, if you, if you look at just across the pond, uh, just across uh, to, to Europe, sorry, and you see what's happening in Germany, in Czech Republic, um, Switzerland. Things are changing this year. Germany's, Germany were about to introduce and roll out their adult use regime. Um, they've come into a, a few problems with the European Union. Yeah. They're ironing out through the details about how it's going to be rolled out. It seems to be, in Europe, the, the way that's going initially is, is um, cannabis clubs. Yeah, okay. No, no, nobody in the modern day, nobody wants to see Amsterdam. No one wants to see people no. sitting outside coffees in the middle of town getting stoked. You know, nobody wants that. No. I don't think... And that, has been the, that will always be the easy pickings argument well, for any it, kind yeah. of debate. But, but I mean, Europe's changing. Yeah. Amsterdam's changing. That, that doesn't happen in, in Holland anymore. No. And it's certainly not going to happen in Germany and uh, in the Czech Republic and other places as they roll out their regimes. It's a modern-day approach to cannabis. Cannabis clubs are becoming popular because it's their private members' clubs. Everybody it, it is a member. You know yeah. who's in there. Um, I, I think I can see cannabis clubs being established in Guernsey, medicinal cannabis clubs yeah. can, can be established in Guernsey now. And I, I know that somebody is looking at it at this point, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if this time next year that we have our first medicinal cannabis club, and that would just be for prescription holders to, to go and use yeah. their own prescription yeah. um, in a safe environment. Um, yeah, so I, I, I can see that um, Europe is changing the cannabis landscape. Yeah, and it's it's becoming more acceptable across the world. I mean, look at Thailand for example. Yeah. Thailand's a kind of jurisdiction where you could spend your life in prison or worse yeah. for being caught with drugs, and they still take a very very hard line on drugs. Yeah, but they've decided that cannabis isn't one of those one of those. You can grow at home now. You, you can, can do whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. I've seen um, uh, I've seen media reports and stuff like that, and, and read bits and pieces. I've not been to Thailand. Um, for, for many many years, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it just seems odd that you would, you know. That's, that's the like one you would let you would. That's the one drug that you would allow through. Yeah, well, I mean, I can understand why because yeah. I don't class cannabis as a drug like a cocaine or a heroin no. or a lot of the horrible, nasty uh, prescription drugs that are floating around in the black market. I don't class cannabis the same. So I think it should be treated, as you said before, in the same vein as we treat alcohol. And um, even in the same vein as alcohol, I don't think cannabis is. I go to, we go to, we cover court stories constantly. We are are always in court seeing perpetually incidents happen in town over the weekend, all down due to alcohol. And there's the big hypocrisy there about, you know, how can you let 
alcohol be regulated in that way and something else that seems to benefit people a hell of a lot more still be completely illegal? It's, it's, it's mad. I, I think that we will look back in 10, 15, whatever, yeah. however many years' time, we will look back and say, how bizarre was that? <laughs> when it, how did we do that? I mean, there was people complaining that they couldn't take their medicinal cannabis script into the Guernsey Together Festival. Um, and I know from our business, we were going to have a stand there, but we weren't even allowed to sell over-the-counter CBD products. Yeah. But... So there know, are still these, like, there are still these myths in place. There is still these. There is still a negative, a taboo yeah, about yeah, it. There, there is a, it's still a stigma there amongst a certain um, section of society, um, and that's going to take some time to change. But the point I'm trying to make about the Guernsey Together Festival is, you could walk in there, 18 years old, go and buy as many shops as you want, and get absolutely bladdered. Yeah. And um, start to find fall off a cliff when, when you're in that sort of condition. Yeah. It, it, it's completely army. Um, and, and as you say, I mean, you, you can pick up the, the newspaper and have a look. I mean, I, I, it was my son's birthday, we went along to Otto, uh, yeah. and he wanted to walk into town afterwards. I'm always a little bit concerned that late at night because you yeah. know, you're somebody, you're, it's like when you've just got yourself to look after, it's not that difficult. Yeah. But when you've got somebody else you're responsible for. Anyway, he likes listening to the noise and the hustle and bustle, and we walked through town. And we sat waiting for our taxi outside the information centre in the earshot of around your puddle. Yeah. And we could hear all the hijinks and yeah. stuff like that. And it was, and it was fine, you know, he was had a bit of a chuckle and stuff, and we got a taxi and went home. And I looked at the newspaper the following week, about half an hour after we left, there was a massive fight outside <laughs> the Bundy Yeah. Drunken people. Yeah. You know, and... Um, it is, the, it is the, the, the nexus of a hell of a lot of problems that come it, through it the is. courts. Uh, and it, if, if, I was, if I was to introduce, um, if it was up to me to introduce a, a, an adult use cannabis regime, I would like to see the entry level at 21 years old. Yeah. Not at 18 years old. I mean, I, I can see that there, there's regimes working pretty well. If you look at Canada, for example, each different province has got different nuanced sets of rules. Right, okay. Some that allow access at 18, some 19, some 21. The reason I say 21 is the, the human brain doesn't stop developing until you're in your early 20s. Yeah, okay. So I, I would like to see alcohol, cannabis, any sort of substance going into young people before their, their brains are properly matured and developed. I think that's yeah. wrong, and I think that could be very damaging. You're never going to roll that back and and um, and and say alcohol should be uh, accessible only at 21 years. Uh, yeah. Go and see. Well, if, if if that is achievable, that's achievable in the distant future. Yeah. Not now because it, it's people think it's your right. You get to 18, yeah. you can go to the pub and have a pint. Yeah. You know, um, you can go to the pub and have 12 pints if you want. And, <laughs> and eight shots of tequila if you want. So yeah, I, I think it, it is. If, if you actually break it down and, and you look at it, stigma aside, yeah, it's, it's complete nonsense. And so um, I'll, I'll kind of bring it to a close by saying I thought you know it, recently the press about um, the House of Green leaving the island and moving on and the situation not being particularly good in Guernsey kind of coloured the whole thing in a kind of negative light. But actually, you sound kind of positive for the future. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, the, the things that are really happening in Europe. Um, and Germany is the de facto Europe. So what Germany does, the rest of Europe follows suit. And because Germany is so advanced in their, um, in, in their, uh, with their legislation uh, surrounding cannabis, I think it's a very good sign for, for any business that's operating in, in this yeah. field. I mean, we're, we're moving to, uh, we're moving to Germany and to Poland. Their office is going to be in Berlin and, and their lab's going to be just across the border in Poland. But this is, that's looking at, I mean, company is still going to be headquartered in Guernsey, yeah. offices are still going to be here, and we've got some very successful retail outlets yeah. in Guernsey, botanicals as well, yeah. in, in Guernsey and in Jersey, and we've got another new store opening up, up, up in Jersey, 
so yeah, I mean, we're really positive about um, about the success of our stores and this uh, and, and about the potential success of our new joint venture with Proto Global in 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 Germany and Poland. It's um, it's exciting times. It really is exciting times. But like I said before, everything in the cannabis world is like wading through treacle. Yeah. It takes ages, to, and you've got to keep. You've got to be determined, and you've got to keep keep on and keep on and, and um, have a good team around you, yeah. which we have. And um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. It's it's a shame that the way that, that we could have had, you know, we got two hundred acres of, of um, derelict glass across the island. Yeah. Hundred ninety miles of that. It's around about two hundred acres of derelict glass. A lot of that, say fifty acres of that, could have been put back to commercial use yeah. easily. Could have been the grow. Well, there was it was heralded as the kind of growing industry returning. Yeah, this is what we all wanted. Yeah. This is what we all thought. But unfortunately, there's this one little piece in our legislation, in Guernsey's legislation, which is different to Jersey's legislation, and it's different to the Isle legislation. Yeah. It means that every time we want to move a bit, uh, anything CBD-related off of the island, you yeah. need an export licence. And for an export licence, you need a corresponding import licence from the jurisdiction it's going to. Yeah. A lot of the jurisdictions it's going to will not issue an import licence because it's not needed. What's Jersey got then? Jersey, the Jersey's legislation is silent on that. Right. This is why for, for, for botanicals, we send our CBD products to Jersey. And right. we move them around from Jersey because we haven't got. We can do that freely and easily. Yeah. Okay. In Jersey, we cannot. So th- this. this so is that's separate to the MOU situation. That's separate to the MOU. Yeah, that's separate to the MOU, and that was put in place by the previous Health and Social Care Committee last term. Right. Okay. Um. What there, there was somebody apparently there was somebody uh, one member that assisted on this this um, clause being in our legislation, but it's completely ruined our industry. Completely. Are, are there going to be plans to try and untangle that or pull that out? Yeah, I, I think that will. There, there's there's quite a few changes that we need to make. For example, there's no age restrictions on CBD products in Guernsey. No. We can sell CBD products that contain you can go, THC. But, yeah. But, um, and we're, you know, the, the gummies, the um, are probably our most popular product. Yeah. There's nothing stopping someone from standing outside of schools and selling them to children. It's absolute nonsense. These things need to be tied. The industry doesn't do that. I, I want my no. The industry itself regulates and does not sell to anyone below the, eight, the age of eighteen. But that's the industry doing that. But technically, if you wanted to, if someone unscrupulous wanted to come in and exactly. sell CBD gummies to children, they could. Yeah. Yeah. So that needs to be fixed. That needs to be fixed. Um, that was something that um, when I when I brought it to attention to the attention of politicians this term, they were shocked and horrified. But it, it was an oversight. Yeah. It's just it, it, what it really needed is what it needs now is people that know about cannabis, people that understand the industry, to be able to have some input in in developing our legislation or changing our legislation to make it more equitable for the consumer, more fairer, more safer, yeah, and uh, and more business friendly. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time today. Awesome. Cheers. That was. Uh, really- Thank you for listening to The Interview, a Bailiwick Express podcast. If you liked what you heard, please like and subscribe. You can find us on all social media channels, and if you'd like to keep up to date on all the work the Express team does, please sign up to our daily email by visiting gsy.bailiwickexpress.com.